What's happening? Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me for the debate segment, the bullpen, none other than Dr. Carol Lieberman. She wants to debate about the handling of Afghanistan. Why? I don't know, but it should be an interesting debate because the narrative of somehow Republicans have always been right on this issue and Democrats have always been wrong is a fascinating lie, but it is a lie, okay? All right, also, Michael Shore will be on the show today, breaking down news of the day, reporter and TYT contributor. Um, top story. There's a lot of misinformation about the new executive order from President Joe Biden, which says if your company has 100 employees or more, there is a COVID-19 vaccine protocol. Now they're calling it a mandate. It is not a mandate. It's literally a protocol. And by the way, it all comes from the US Constitution. I thought these guys believed in the Constitution. I'm going to make the case right here. You see, OSHA is a regulatory agency. OSHA exists statutorily because of the US Constitution. Let me go deeper. Now remember, they are intentionally mischaracterizing this as a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. There's no mandate, the rule is simple. Either you get the vaccination, if you fall within this classification as a corporation, the employees get the vaccination or if they don't, they simply have to be tested to make sure others are not at risk. And if they do test positive, there's then a different protocol to make sure other workers are safe. Religious exemption and medical exemptions still apply. Once again, not a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. It's just a protocol, but that protocol is, ladies and gentlemen, legitimized by the Constitution. Let me give you the background. The President of the United States announced that, that the Department of Labor's um, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is developing something called an ETS. I want you to remember that because it's very important when we talk about the statute of this. And ETS is, a, is an emergency temporary standard, ETS that will require all employers with 100 or more employees to ensure that their workforce is fully vaccinated or to require any workers who remain unvaccinated to produce a negative test result at least weekly before coming to work. That's not a mandate, that is a protocol. Now, where does this protocol come from? The power of Congress to regulate employment conditions under Williams Steiger Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970, that's your law, is derived from the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Now, you don't have to possess a fancy law degree to understand the connection. The Commerce Clause is simple. In the Constitution, it says if there's something that impacts interstate commerce, regulatory agencies created by statute, have the ability to implement something called administrative policy or administrative law. OSHA is one of those regulatory agencies that can do so based on statute derived from the Commerce Clause 
of the US Constitution. Once again, we're still within the framework of the Constitution. What is the Commerce Clause? The Commerce Clause refers to Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 of the US Constitution, which gives Congress the, and I quote, power to regulate commerce with foreign nations, among states, and with Indian tribes. Once again, in the framework of the US Constitution. The rule that everyone is discussing, which is expected to be issued within a few weeks, will require employers with more than 100 employees to provide paid time off for the time it takes for workers to get vaccinated and to recuperate if they experience serious side effects from the vaccination. Some people will have adverse side effects. I know you don't like to talk about this, but it is a reality of the data. Every single vaccine known to mankind will adversely affect a small percentage of the population. But that's why we utilize what's called the science or the field of study. Science means field of study. You look at the entire field of study. Let me give you another example. You know, seatbelts will kill a very small number of the American population every year. Yeah, but they will save so many more. You see, that is the comparison that others are trying to get you to be dissuaded by when they say, well, wait a minute, um, what about this adverse effect? Well, there are adverse effects for all medication, but look at the positive that it brings. Once again, we're still within the framework of the US Constitution derived from the Commerce Clause. Let's go further. OSHA, the emergency temporary standard, this is an authorization by statute, which permits the Secretary of Labor to enact an ETS when he or she determines that one, this is really important, that employees are exposed to grave danger from exposure to substances or agents determined to be toxic or physically harmful. Number two, that such emergency standard is necessary to protect employees from danger. An ETS can only be in existence for six months. That is your maximum, at which point OSHA must issue a permanent standard that has been adopted through the ordinary rulemaking process. There's bureaucracy involved in that. This would be OSHA's, OSHA's second, count them, second COVID ETS because they've already adopted one for those who are in the healthcare sector. My point is OSHA has the authority to do exactly what it's doing. Biden has the authority to enact this executive power. The constitution is where all of these authorities are derived from. And none of these right leaning individuals said anything about OSHA's regulatory power until it came to COVID. That's the only time they made a fuss about it. Now remember, these are the same people who are saying no to COVID-19 vaccinations, which are FDA approved. And they're telling you yes to ivermectin or whatever the hell the drug is called, ivermectin. They're saying, okay, let's take the animal drug, which has absolutely no clinical trial that says it can be used to treat COVID-19, even though it's allowable under doctor conditions, is not clinically proven to treat nor cure. COVID-19 viruses, nor, nor is it FDA approved. And the clinical trials that are going on right now 
not promising as this drug being some kind of super drug. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Michael. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, you've encapsulated it well, Rashad, what's going on here. I think that I look at this obviously through the prism of politics, not just what OSHA is going to do and what this mandate versus protocol is. We That's clear, I mean, that's clear in the verbiage that there is a difference here between a mandate and a protocol. But you know who's going to glom on to whatever is negative in this and they're doing that immediately. I mean, it's almost as if they were prepared. One thing also to remember is that OSHA, does not have the manpower to enforce this yet. They have not actually written what the rules of this are going to be. That's not going to happen for for several weeks now. And and we so we don't know exactly what is going to be entailed here. The presumption is, of course, that OSHA is going to go in and inspect in places where there are outbreaks, inspect in places where there is not an adherence to whatever the guidelines are in a way that is detracting from the work being done. We can assume that because that's how OSHA operates. That's how OSHA operated yesterday before we were complaining about them, when we didn't know we should complain about OSHA. So that's important to know. The politics here though cannot be avoided. Somehow we find ourselves in a pandemic that has become political. I can't imagine that if this were 60 years ago, you wouldn't have people thanking the government for taking care of the people. For some reason, obviously, we're in a different era of politics now. 70% of the people have gotten vaccinated. 70% of the people think that it's a good idea to go after this and to and to chase this. There are people in that 30% who who we should care about and we should care about why they have misgivings and whatnot. But the point here is that it is politically popular. The president has sort of a Thelma and Louise approach to this. Let's just drive off the cliff with this because it is popular and let's do things to take care of the American people, which as Franklin Delano Roosevelt said is one of the key roles of government. Yeah, and I think that Biden is going to push this. It will end up at the Supreme Court. By the time it ends up at the Supreme Court, you're gonna have a lot more people compliant to the vaccine order or the protocol. All right, I'm so sick and damn tired of Larry Elder, I don't know what to do, okay? I really am. This guy wants to be governor of the state of California. A video has resurfaced of him being interviewed by Pierce Morgan. This happened a while ago where Larry Elder defended George Zimmerman. Here it is. Do you think that Rachel Gentel is stupid? I think that I would rather have a George Zimmerman living in my neighborhood. And maybe if George Zimmerman were living in my neighborhood, we'd have a few fewer Ario Castros. I thought we wanted people to be proactive. I that thought wasn't the question, to Larry. Say something. I know I'm answering something different that ought to Could be you answered. Could you just answer You're my George question? Zimmerman like he's some sort of criminal. He's not a criminal. He's George a guy Zimmerman who cares about his neighborhood. George Zimmerman shot dead and unarmed teenager. He's a guy who cares about his neighborhood. He's a, neighbor, he's a neighborhood watch guy. Don't you want people who are proactive? And there was crime in that neighborhood, Pierce. Mm-hmm. I live in South Central. There Every wasn't crime from, there wasn't crime from Trayvon Martin in that not on there. The burglar bars are not on there because of George Zimmerman. They're on there because of the minority of thug in the community that's messing up everybody's image and reputation. This is why people profile. Instead of being angry at George Zimmerman, be angry at the minority right. of the thug who's committing these kinds of crimes. Okay, if I could jump in again. So just to clarify, sure. though, Trayvon Martin wasn't committing crime. It was an unfortunate incident. Two people had preconceived notions about each other. Mm. It never should have been happened. Doesn't make George Zimmerman a criminal. I used to work in the DA's office, Pierce. I'm mm. telling you, it was a dog case, a reasonable doubt case. 
Nobody I know would have filed the case. Yeah, well, we, did, we disagree, obviously, about that. I think it's completely wrong. Obviously. That George Zimmerman should get no punishment at all for killing an unarmed teenager. He's got serious punishment. He can't go anywhere. Though, Are you kidding? He's a marked man. Well, he's going to be sued civilly. He will never have a moment of peace. He killed somebody. Morally, he's got to deal with that, Pierce. He, he recognizes that. He's well, not an... He's not an Larry, not if, I may, if I may he respond. He recognizes what he did. I may respond. Sure. You know, some people would say that he's got it easy compared to Trayvon Martin, who he killed. So much as people feel sorry for George Zimmerman not being able to lead the life perhaps he wished he Pierce, could, it, at least he can nice lead. Had, at least he can George lead Zimmerman a life. In your neighborhood. At least he can wouldn't lead it a life. Nice to have had a George Zimmerman in Cleveland and maybe already. I don't Castro want George Zimmerman doing my neighborhood ten, watch patrol. No, ten, I don't. Ten years, I don't. I've got three teenage sons, Larry. I don't feel comfortable having somebody like George Zimmerman marching around as no, some live, wannabe no, no, vigilante, armed with a gun, potentially killing my kids as they come home from a store with a bag of skin. Can can of soda, no. Now that's a damn shame. Pierce Morgan, who's racist as hell himself, by the way, is saying, damn, Larry, <laughs> what you're saying is just too racist even for me to understand. Larry Elder is racist against black people. Let's be very clear. Who in the hell would defend a grown ass man killing an unarmed kid with Skittles in his hand? Who would do that? Larry Elder. He would go on national television and defend a George Zimmerman and say he'd rather have a George Zimmerman in his community than have a Trayvon Martin. Now, now let me get this right. Let's put up a picture of this killer. So Larry Elder is saying he'd rather have this killer in his community than to have this young kid who did absolutely nothing wrong and committed no act of criminality whatsoever. Let's put up a picture of young Trayvon before he was murdered. By that POS. Um, Michael, when this hit my social media feed, I thought I had really heard almost every extreme statement possible from Larry Elder. This is coming back now, obviously, because he's running for governor. This man not only provided a defense for George Zimmerman, he then vilified black people called them thugs, basically blamed the black community for perception and perspective and profiling and had absolutely no smoke whatsoever for George Zimmerman. Help me understand this brother. I don't know that I can help you understand it. You know what's extraordinary about this clip, and I'm gonna try my best Rashad to help you understand it. But what's extraordinary about this clip is you found a moment. It's not that we've unearthed Larry Elder saying something that we know he believed and probably has said in different ways many other times. But you found Piers Morgan having a moment of clarity that right. he could ever have. So I think that the kudos go to you for that because I couldn't believe I was hearing him take as as sort of stridently the other side against Larry Elder. Look, you heard Donald Trump sort of dismiss and engage black Republicans as well as he could. He said my blacks in such a disgusting way when he was campaigning, pointing to the back of the crowd. This is who he's talking about. He's talking about the people that want the attention from a community. He's talking about a shock jock like Larry Elder, who by the way, in 24 to 48 hours hours from now will be a private citizen once again, thankfully, because- right to be the governor of California. But this is the ugliness that people have to contend with. And I, I, you know, I dare say that it has a lot to do with social media. It has a lot to do with people propping this up and white people saying, ah, 
here's a black guy who agrees with what I'm saying. I'm not a racist because I support Larry Elder. Well, if you support Larry Elder, I'm afraid you're a racist. Damn right, <laughs> absolutely, all right, well said. Let me go to this next story because it highlights the culture that we have in this country. Unbelievable, but it's real. Two Florida middle school children, students, Florida middle school. They have now been arrested and accused of plotting a Columbine style shooting. They appeared before a judge in Lee County, Florida just a few days ago. They were taken into custody. Uh, let's put up the pictures. Uh, their pictures have already been profiled publicly. Uh, Connor Pruitt, 13, and Philip Bird, 14, will be held uh, in a secure juvenile detention detention facility. Uh, the two teens were detained on Thursday and held for a mental health evaluation after a school resource officer at Harns Marsh Middle School was notified a student had a gun in his backpack. While the deputy did not find a gun. The deputy uncovered Pruitt and Bird spoke to each other during lunch about a school shooting plot. It gets deeper. Witnesses were questioned and a map of the school was found that included the locations of surveillance cameras. Lee County Sheriff Carmen Marcino said the two were plotting a school shooting that would mirror that of Columbine in Colorado and Parkland in Florida. During the course of the investigation, detectives also said they discovered Pruitt and Byrd were extensively studying the 1999 Columbine High School shooting and trying to figure out how to purchase firearms on the black market. Wow, the story gets even deeper. Byrd's mother defended her son in quote saying in court saying and I quote, He's just a little boy. He didn't think this was really serious. He didn't think they were serious. Here's the thing. I know these are children and I always try to be gentle when dealing with youth involved crimes like this. Let's be very clear. These children are following somebody. These children have parents. What are they seeing right now? They're seeing a culture that loves guns more than they love their fellow neighbor. They're inside of a culture that says, let's go to the school and let's physically assault school teachers, school board members, and others who do not think like us. Let's resolve our conflict with violence. Let's do that because this is America. We get to do it the way we want to do it. That is what they are being raised around and raised with, especially in the state of Florida. So when you look at kids like this, they are simply an expression, a reflection of who we are. In this American culture, you cannot separate the behavior of young people from the behavior of the adults who teach them. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back to indisputable. We got a lot of comments. Before I go to the comments, let me give you you all some updates. Indisputable started off on Twitch, so big ups to my Twitch crew. All right, we were. Mondays, what, three hours plus, we were getting it in, all right? Um, Twitch did it. I mean, you all were so supportive. After Twitch became the summer series, we had eight weeks of a summer series. That's when 
TYT gave me the best production team on the planet. And we took those eight weeks and your response was so remarkable. We're now at over 200,000 YouTube subscribers. We've been rolling for what, three months? Over 200,000 subscribers. We've had over 135 million views within that amount of time, okay? Fastest growing because of you. So the eight week summer series was picked up permanently by TYT. Now there's another announcement. This show will now be available on podcast. Yes, podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you can now listen to episodes of Indisputable starting today on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcast. Here's what I want you to do, download it, download it. We've already separated the one hour program and the bullpen. So if you just wanna listen to a great debate, you got it. That's its own podcast, okay? If you wanna listen to news of the day, boom, we got it. That's its own podcast, make it happen. Download Acast app, make sure you um, follow, like, do all of that great stuff. Give us five stars if you enjoy the programming. I'm very thankful for the additional platform so that we can continue to distribute truth to the masses. Um, also, there's exciting news at TYT. I know what it is, but I have been told not to tell you yet because my homies at the Young Turks, they're gonna tell you on Thursday. So make sure you watch at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific time for that announcement on Tuesday, excuse me, it's Tuesday. All right, so make sure you stay tuned for that. The conversation live every day, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time, 2.30 Pacific time, tyt.com forward slash live right before the Young Turks. Jank speaks with Malone about AP investigation into Louisiana's brutal police violence. That's been going on for a long time. Make sure to subscribe and watch all interviews at youtube.com slash TYT conversation. Old school, that's live on Mondays, 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific time. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and TYT.com. If you miss the live show, become a member and get access to the full episode. As a TYT member, you get access to the full episode live and as a video on demand. Become a member today at TYT.com forward slash change, all right? Those guys are really funny at nighttime. All right, let's read some of these amazing comments. TYT member, my poet, Kelly O'Hara says, what do you do with a man who does nothing but leave his supporters ranting and frothing? Uh, Larry's all talk and frothing, okay, Larry's all talk. He's just noise pollution, all those complaints, but not a single solution. His campaign is a fraud and it's bald face one more day till he loses this race. Hashtag cold feet Larry, I love it. And let me let me just say this y'all, after today, we, we don't need to troll Larry anymore, okay? I mean, you all have been, especially Kelly, good gracious. I mean, I'm being tagged hundreds of times a day because you know, Larry has been ducking and dodging me. But thank you all for trying, we gave it a good effort. R.S. King, Black Dragon, Dr. Richard, you messed up by using the Constitution to justify a rational decision. Republicans won't like you doing that. Next thing you're going to, uh, next thing you're going to do is start using facts, and they can't have that. Yeah, I thought these guys liked the Constitution. That's what I thought. 
Commerce Clause. Just be anti-racism. Damn Larry Elder for making me agree with trash like Pierce Morgan. I know that's right, damn you Larry. YouTube super chat, non-humanist, non-human humanist says, vaccines have some ingredients which can cause an allergic reaction. But these additives are also found in food. No one ever wanted to ban gummy bears. <laughs> you make a compelling point. I, I definitely understand what you're saying, Jeffrey Ritchie. I'm so glad those boards will call before anything happened. I hope they get the help they need. Yes, agree. Um, let me read a couple of more. Critical cognition. Never seen someone hate his own kind more than Larry Elder and Candace Owens. Lisa Egan, Michael and Rashad, simply the best. Michael is a dope dude. <laughs> All right, Snesley Whites, these kids are dragged up rather than raised up. Agreed. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Yeah, this male Karen has zero home training. First of all, in addition to him being an anti-masker, my grandmother would have told him, get your ass up off that table and put your feet on the ground where they belong. This man literally put his rear end and his shoes on the table while being an anti-mask guy. Now, this is problematic for more reasons than one. What you saw was an employee at Firehouse Subs in Toronto saying, listen, we have a mask policy. I do not have to take your order. You're putting myself and others in danger. We don't know you may be carrying COVID-19. Private companies, it is settled case law. Private companies have the right to enforce this rule inside of their private establishments. Well, this person did not respect it. But here's the other thing, the police were called, okay? This person knew the police would do absolutely nothing. Uh, let me go to passionate observer, DM, all right? Having been raised in mostly white middle class Canadian suburb, this was a surprising experience. Hashtag Toronto police refusing to respond to a 911 threat situation. Assaulter was oddly confident Toronto police would not respond to the three different 911 callers. How did he know that? Wow, he was aware that 911 would not even respond to the call and he was correct according to the witnesses there. Three people called 911, they said we do not respond to those calls. This allegation throws more fuel on the fire of speculation that there is a contingent of force unwilling to enforce mask and vaccine mandates. All right, law enforcement saying 
we're not going to enforce the antitrust passing law. Cuz once they say you have to leave, you're committing a crime. It's called trespass. Michael, am I seeing this wrong, brother? No, you're not. I mean, and your grandmother didn't either. Clearly, the first thing I saw when I saw that thought when I saw that video was this guy's sitting on the table. He can be asked out whether he has a mask on or not. He should be <laughs> right. shown the door. Um, you know, and and then it's it's nice to see American exports are, are are going so well. The idea of the Karen, you know, not falling under NAFTA tariff rules. Apparently, we can just send them wherever we want. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just you know, you're not seeing it wrong. It, it's happening everywhere, and the fact that these people are sort of being laughed at. I can't speak to the Toronto police. I don't know exactly how they respond, but if they're like any police I know, uh, the, the response times are gonna be down. And 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 so this kind of a call and this seeing this kind of a thing just makes these people look so stupid. So keep, keep bringing it on, Rashad. Yeah, thank you, brother. Let me bring everyone's attention uh, to this white woman who decided to use the N word. And she said it was in context, here it is. I don't know if they or what, search a down and grab his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, they can't get none, but don't let it be a black and white one, cuz they'll slam you down to the street top, black police showing out for the white cop. Ice Cube will swarm on any in a blue uniform. Just because I'm from the CPT, punk police are afraid of me. A young on a warpath. And when I'm finished, it's going to be a bloodbath of cops dying in LA. Yo, Dre, I'm something to say. The police, the police, you get the gist. This is in your curriculum. How do you defend that? Are you proud? Your curriculum, this is what you're teaching our kids. It's sick, it's sick. Ma'am, not only is it in the curriculum, it's part of my top five greatest hits of all times, Send W.A. Let me give some context here because the woman is out of line with her narrative. She's exaggerating this. So let me help you understand some background to it. This happened last Thursday night. In a state called Texas. <laughs> okay, uh, this Texas parent expressed complete outrage uh, over curriculum she refers to as sick. This is in the Leander Independent School District. Uh, this was at their school board meeting. The incident occurred during the citizens comment portion of the school board meeting. The woman who was identified as speaker seven, Cheryl is her name. Took the mic and spoke about NWA's 1988 record of the police, which she claims is included in the English 3 curriculum. It's not really included in the English 3 curriculum as she said. I will give you the rest of the story. The woman began by calling out the school board members perceived hypocrisy, accusing them of wanting to defend the police while also requesting officers presence at the meeting. Um, she then gave those quotations that you heard. Um, she went on to claim that the lyrics F the police were placed in the student learning resource portal and have remained there despite multiple complaints from community members. As pointed out by Daily Dot, the issue goes all the way back to the spring semester when parents accused the district of including F the police in the list of approved resources for teachers. 
on April 13th, post on the Teach Parental Rights Coalition Facebook page states, one of the suggested resources in a box article, History of American Protest Music. Now, the lyrics are now part of any curriculum. These lyrics were now found in some homework assignment. The only person who spouted those lyrics was that woman. And I believe she did it because she wanted to get away with saying the N word in front of people and not having any penalty. Hey, hey, it wasn't me, it was NWA who said it. And these teachers are teaching it, N word, N word. I think she believes somehow she accomplished something. But her narrative is false, okay? This was part of a recommended list of protest songs to understand the era of the 1980s and beyond as it relates to people of color. While you may not agree with all of the language used by Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E, and others, what they were was a reflection and expression of socioeconomic dysfunction permeating in their local communities. And they talked about it. Now, maybe they didn't have a PhD, but they were lecturing truth to a lot of people in this country who did not know, were unaware of police misconduct on young black men. And they told you about it, and they were telling the truth. Michael, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. The, the, the most important thing here is to say to the Leander Independent School District, bravo for putting this song on your list of resources for your teachers. Because this is, I mean, protest songs, God bless Pete Seeger, God bless Joan Baez, but we have new protest songs in this country now. And they're important, and they're important to a lot of the people that are learning in Leander, Texas, exactly what you know what protest songs are and why people protest. And that is all this was. This is a student, this is a teacher resource, not a student resource. This was not part of the curriculum. This is not being taught. And like you said, this is the only person reading this out loud yep. is this woman, and she's trying to get attention again to some. Something that just doesn't exist. Very well said. Brother, we got more on the other side. Everyone stick and stay is indisputable. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let's get to it. Got a lot of comments. TYT member echoes my real name. Any chance those long Twitch shows will be available on demand? Can never get enough of the good doctor. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and yes, they are available on demand. Just make sure you download the ACAST app on your phone right now. Do it, okay? Uh, this show will be up there very soon. Wizard, AKA Rusty Dragon. Even our northern neighbors have these Karens. They're everywhere. It, it really is also a pandemic as well, okay? When you think about it, make it see the silver haired dragon. There is no rule, no law that is enforced on the ignorant, hateful, right-wing, white supremacist, domestic terrorists at all, ever. YouTube Super Chat, Gabby Mathis, our president has to beg for people to get vaxxed and other countries need them desperately, right? Forrest Dudley, I honestly think Larry Elder has surpassed Candace Owens as the premier black white supremacist. I would debate you on that one. Okay, I mean, Candace Owens is still looking strong out there. <laughs> All right, sweetened Digo 45, thank you for that. NWA Karen, Nisha 1238, NWA Karen, yeah. Moon Dragon, she just wanted to say it. You're right, Moon Dragon. And Darwar, 
uh, get someone doing beatbox for her. That's what we need to do. Let's go ahead and run the clip, put a beat behind it, make a viral again. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Uh, Unicorn Glitty, and she just got all the kids in Texas to research NWA. That's right, and when we post this on the YouTube channel, it's gonna be all the kids across the United States of America at that point. Dissident PM, the redneck version of the voice is definitely subpar. <laughs> that is funny. TYT member echoes my real name. Any chance those long Twitch shows will be available on demand? Can never get enough of the good doctor. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and yes, they are available on demand. Just make sure you download the ACAST app on your phone right now. Do it, okay? Uh, this show will be up there very soon. Wizard, AKA Rusty Dragon. Even our northern neighbors have these Karens. They're everywhere. It, it really is also a pandemic as well, okay? When you think about it, make it see the silver haired dragon. There is no rule, no law that is enforced on the ignorant, hateful, right wing, white supremacist, domestic terrorists at all, ever. YouTube super chat, Gabby Mathis. Our president has to beg for people to get vaxxed and other countries need them desperately, right? Forrest Dudley. I honestly think Larry Elder has surpassed Candace Owens as the premier black white supremacist. I would debate you on that one, okay? I mean, Candace Owens is still looking strong out there. <laughs> All right, Sweeten Digo 45, thank you for that. NWA Karen, Nisha 1238, NWA Karen, yeah. Moon Dragon, she just wanted to say it. You're right, Moon Dragon. And Dar War, uh, get someone doing beatbox for her. That's what we need to do. Let's go ahead and run the clip, put a beat behind it, make a viral again. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. When privilege just goes too far, okay? There's a white male, he was arrested after shooting his black neighbor. He shot his black neighbor who fought back with the cane. And he really did not believe he would get arrested for trying to murder his black neighbor. Let me give you some background. A Tennessee man faces several charges, including attempted murder after authorities say he shot his neighbor and later threatened to kill a Clarksville police detective. This was a racially charged incident. The suspect's name, Stephen Andrew Russell, let's put up his pick again. That's according to the Montgomery County record. All right, here it is, Thursday, August 26th. Police responded to calls of a shooting in the Summit Heights area. However, while on their way, 911 received a second call, but this time from Russell. The 61 year old told emergency personnel that he had shot and killed his neighbor. Now remember, he had not killed the neighbor, he just thought he had. So he calls 911 and says, hey, I have shot and killed my neighbor. Now, I have never heard him talk, but I promise you, I'm spot on on how he sounds, okay? He calls 911, says he shot and killed his neighbor. The 61 year old told emergency personnel that he did this, whose identity has not been made public, but he is black. The victim 
is not publicized yet. Investigators revealed that before the incident, Russell and his neighbor had already had a less than pleasant exchange. This altercation was the result of prolonged racial tension initiated by Russell towards his neighbor. The court record said, Russell is accused of tormenting his neighbor to the point the neighbor took action and struck the man with his walking cane. That's when Russell reportedly pulled out a 22 caliber revolver and fired at the victim hitting his arm. The man escaped to his front porch. Russell kept firing until he emptied the clip before striking the man one last time and fled the scene. So here's what it sounds like. See, I'm from Glenwood Road and we can see things sometimes. It sounds like Russell went over there with the anticipation of something like this happening. The neighbor was ultimately transported to the healthcare center in Clarksville with non life threatening injuries. Russell also told officers that his neighbor had hit him with a stick. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I killed my neighbor, but you know what he did to me? He hit me with a stick, damn it. Okay? Um, he was also taken in for medical attention for a minor abrasion on his face. He admitted to shooting his neighbor, claiming he feared for his life. He also expressed happiness over shooting the victim and wished death upon the man whom he used racial names for when referring to him. We can just imagine what he was saying, okay? It gets deeper. The document stated that <laughs> when informed that the victim would survive. And remember, let's put his picture up again. Russell, he thinks he's killed him, okay? The document stated that when informed that the victim would survive, Russell told authorities that he would, and I quote, kill him again. Now that's some redneck logic for you. He, he's not dead, Russell, you, you never killed him, Russell. You can't kill him again because he didn't die the first, anyway. So Russell said he'll kill him again, all right? And then he said, and shoot him between the eyes. After learning of his charges, the man reportedly became even more irate and said he still had the weapon. And following his release, he will kill the lead detective. Russell is facing the aforementioned attempted murder charge along with an order for tampering with evidence and theft of property. Damn, that is some privilege walking around this country. This man literally commits attempted murder, thinks he has committed murder, calls 911, tells on himself and believes he should not be arrested because listen, I'm a white man that killed a black man. But what am I being arrested for, Michael? Can well, you explain any of this, brother? What, what's the mindset here? I cannot. Well, first of all, I mean, the man did hit him with a stick. You know, I don't know why you're saying <laughs> <upset. laughs> no, the, 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 Unbelievable. The, one part of the privilege that you're forgetting is that he says, when I get out, like yeah. they're still going to get me on all of this. So when I get out, I'm going to kill the lead detective. And it's unclear whether or not he's going to kill him once or twice. Let's be, be careful. <laughs> be careful to how we interpret what he's saying. You gotta laugh not to cry when it comes to stuff like this man because this man is serious as can be. He's a killer, he just did not accomplish it, right? He got pissed 
I mean, like he, anybody else who did like an act of passion, right? A crime of passion. They got mad at somebody, they shot them, and the person survived. They're like, oh, thank God, right? He's like, oh, hell no, I gotta go kill him again. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I've heard of a lot of my brothers and sisters in the black community getting arrested and police called on them just for existing. This is a first. A black couple and their two children were falsely accused of stealing apples from a place where the apples are free. Oh, this is amazing. Connor's Farm, let me bring you to bring this to your attention. Reverend Monica Bowman and her husband, Jeff Myers. Let's put up a picture of this happy couple. They were there at this farm with their two children. Although the outing involving apple picking and other activities was supposed to be a fun experience. The trip turned sour when the couple was approached and questioned. We had just finished picking our apples, Meyer said. We wanted to go to the farm stand to buy some apple cider donuts. As we were walking, a gentleman appeared in front of us and said, we had too many apples. Now remember, you can pick apples here, that's that's part of the, the gig, right? You can go there, you can pick up apples. They said, you got too many. Uh, the couple grew even more confused and alarmed when another worker appeared and brought them to the farm stand building. Their employees asked to look inside Bowman's purse. The couple believed some of the apples they picked had fallen out of their bag into the bottom of the stroller carrying their younger child. And they said they thought they'd pay for the apples and another and other items they planned to buy before leaving. Staff said the couple had six apples that didn't fit in the prepaid bags for apple picking. Now remember, the apples are basically free. They have a bag, they can put apples inside of the bag because they paid for the experience, okay? So now they're saying, wait a minute, you all are six damn apples over here, okay? That's what the accusation is. Now, Myers said conceal and steal were words they used a lot during the conversation with the employees. The couple requested to speak with the manager. And a third employee said, I'm the manager. It's my responsibility to prevent stealing, the man said. The manager refused to provide information on how to contact the owners of the farm, then alerted a police officer by jumping straight to an assumption of theft. Connor's farm created a scene harassing us and causing our seven year old to burst into tears. Anguish that lasted well into the evening. The couple wrote in a blog post, we are left wondering, was it ever about the apples? Okay, these folks are meaner than them damn trees on the Wizard of Oz. Okay. The couple said the officer accused them of playing the race car. So now the police come there, the police are alerted, right? Six apples over. Obviously, we gotta call law enforcement for this, everybody's in danger. 
And the police officer, he comes and he says that they, the couple, are using the race card. In order to resolve the matter, the couple paid an extra $8.81. But upon returning home, they realized that most of the extra apples would have actually fit into the damn prepaid bag, which meant that apples were at no cost or extra cost to them. Okay? It's a shame. Michael, thoughts? Well, the thoughts are it's uh, it's not by accident that you presented the last two stories, Rashad, in the same breath. Because in the first, you have what we all see as the blatant hate and racism and the uneducated flexing that's being done by that man in Tennessee by shooting his neighbor who uh, he had tormented for years. The other and the most important and, and, and less seen certainly by the white community is the subtlety of racism, right? And and this is a, this, these are people out picking apples. And I, you know, that, that you could find black people guilty of stealing free things is a whole new world. But but it just shows that these employees at this place saw these apple pickers in a different way and went after them in a different way. And that is how racism happens. It happens more to the apple people than it does to the poor man in Tennessee. But it's important that you see those two stories yeah. at the very same time, Rashad. Well said, brother, always, man, it's a pleasure having you on the program. Um, thank you for all of your great work. How can people follow you? Uh, at Michael Shore on uh, Twitter, uh, you can watch News Nation uh, and you can watch the Young Turks uh, here and there and more. I'm gonna be uh, back more than I had been in a while, so that's good news. That's good stuff, man, very exciting for the entire network. Brother, thank you. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of this planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.